0: We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. God is a holy God, and He is serious about us walking in holiness. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord.
1: The Bible says, woe to those who isolate themselves or who don't have anyone there to pick them up when they fall
0: down. The gospel hope is that we believe in a God who is engaged with His Son.
1: I have had to come to terms with the fact that I live in a broken world and I live in a broken body.
0: What if the one thing that we're praying for God to take away Is the one thing He's using to make us more like Jesus.
1: Welcome to the ERLC Podcast. My name is Trillia Newbell, and you are listening to a series that we are doing called How to Handle. We have different topics that we see issues in the news, but these things... Affect real people. And so we wanted to think through um, topics and issues that affect people and bring in voices, experts, if you want, (laughs) pastors, counselors to help us think through these topics. And so today I'm really excited to have my good friend Craig Cooper. He is an associate pastor. He's bivocational. He is also a senior manager of recruiting for a firm. And so he counsels people weekly, and we have brought him in. So thank you so much, Craig.
0: Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Trillia. I hope I can serve in some way.
1: You will. I know you will. So we are going to be talking about something that I have seen over the course of the last 10 years more frequently. And I, I think it's pr- probably because when I got married... Um, you you get married and you everything seems kind of blissful and but then all of a sudden you see more and more marriages start to fall apart and specifically I've seen marriages lots of marriages affected by adultery. We're going to talk about adultery and what it is that um, we're seeing, how the church can be equipped, how we can be thinking about this, and so this is a topic that. I think we we push against in the culture, we push against in articles, but we're not really talking about the reality of how it affects the families and how it affects the church. So I want to dive into that topic with you today. So I'm going to start by why is this something that would be important for you to even address?
0: Well, uh, I think this, this topic hits home for me, both as a friend and as a pastor, um, several years ago, I had a, I had a good friend call me in a panic, uh, after he had discovered some inappropriate or romantic text on his wife's cell phone. He was obviously, uh, he, he was very hurt. He was angry. He was distraught Mm -hmm. and he was for help. And, uh, I remember, the phone call, as if it was yesterday. Standing outside uh, in the street area, pacing back and forth, and remember telling him that it was a mercy from God that he discovered those texts, and that the Lord was at work, and that the Lord was intervening, you know, to bring this to light, and that God is our refuge and He's our strength. He's an ever present. I remember, you know, even as I was just uh, very with him, um, encouraging him, you know, to, to pour out his heart to God before confronting his wife because he hadn't talked to her yet. And I remember praying for him. And uh, and then uh, he called me back within the hour and said that his wife had confessed to committing adultery. Um, as you can imagine, he was heartbroken. I invited them both over to my house. I'm thankful they both came. Uh, we sat on the back deck, and we just wept together. Mm. And uh, that turned into months and months of of counseling. And, and by God's grace, I'm happy to say that, that she repented of her sin and uh, that her husband forgave her, and that the, that couple is still married uh, happily to this day. Um, so that, that hit home as a friend. Uh, you know another situation involved a friend of mine from work, Um, He discovered that his wife had been unfaithful. Um, Their relationship dissolved and and ended in in divorce, and and that hit home as I walked with him uh, on a daily basis at work. And and also as a pastor, uh, our pastoral team has walked closely with a wife who had been reconciled to her husband after he had committed adultery and then years went by. And he committed adultery again, and walking with her through that time was one of the one of the greatest privileges uh and heart wrenching things that God has entrusted to me in my years of pastoral ministry so yes Julia, this this definitely hits close to home for me
1: hmm. yeah, unfortunately, I could do the same as you enlist, dear friends who I've seen um, be affected by this terrible—I don't want to use the word epidemic, but it feels it in my heart, and as I read or as I experience it, it seems like such an epidemic. And so I just—it is important to me, too, which is why I'm really grateful to have you on. Why should the church consider this? Why is it something that needs to be talked about, thought through in the church?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even as what you just mentioned, it's it's a sad reality that in a fallen world, uh, sooner or later we may interact with individuals who've been betrayed and have been sinned against in in grievous ways, and uh, we may all sometime, if we haven't already, been on the receiving end of a phone call with a friend whose spouse has committed adultery, and in those moments, we we want to be prepared to reflect the heart of God mm. to that friend. Um, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. That says in Psalm 34, and, and I, I think there's a tendency to withdraw from friends who mm. are grieving in this way uh, because we just don't know what to say, and that doesn't reflect the heart of God. The Lord is close. He's he's close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. So I think just being there to listen at times it just means it means so much. And we, you know, scripture encourages us to weep with those who weep. You know, sometimes just putting your arm around your friend and saying, "I am so sorry," right? And um, and and crying with that friend is we need to be prepared for that. Um, and and God is a redeemer. He redeems our lives from the pit. He crowns us with love and compassion and and we want to reflect the heart of of our gracious Redeemer in those moments where we kind of crawl into the pit with a friend and cry with them.
1: Yeah. I would imagine that there would be a lot of shame associated with this. Um mm-hmm. shame for if someone who has committed adultery and they've repented. Um, and shame for the person who has been sinned against. And so how would you address that? How would you encourage the church to care for someone who, who is struggling with shame? Or or if you were talking to that person, how how might you encourage both people, both the person who has repented, they've confessed yeah. their sin, they've repented of their sin, they've turned, yeah. and but they're filled with shame. And also the person who's been sinned against, who who may be embarrassed even, and they are thinking, I would imagine untrue thoughts. I'm I wasn't enough, et cetera, et cetera. So what, oh, yeah. yeah. How do how do we counsel and encourage someone who who's experiencing this and might specifically be dealing with shame?
0: Mm, uh, it's yeah, it is very hard because uh, so for the spouse who has been betrayed, who has been sinned against, who, um, Whose spouse has been unfaithful to them, there can be a litany of, of, uh, just accusations that begin hitting th- this individual. And, uh, you know, like you said, I wasn't, uh, was, was, was I not enough? Mm-hmm. He or she wasn't happy. I, I uh, what did I do wrong? And, and there, there can be times, you know, where you're turning that, um, inward and, I think in those moments, we just need the mercy of God, um, to help us have our minds renewed, um, mm-hmm. by, by the word and, you know, not conform, you know, to the, to the world. And there's nothing that a person can do to make his or her, uh, spouse sin against him in that in that way, um, that what, what took place is wrong. And, um, and, and that's where I think we have to look to Christ as the savior the one who bore, uh, sins and took the shame, um, and eyes have to be directed upward and outward, um, to the Lord. And he's the only hope that, that we have, but you, you, it would take a a good deal of counseling and right. um, just walking through that to try to help somebody not you know peg all of that on onto themselves. If that makes sense.
1: No, it does make sense. And something that you have mentioned that I think is really important for us to be reminded of it's time. This takes mm-hmm. time. You said that you counseled that couple for months and months and months. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this yep. it takes time. It will take time to heal. It would take time to gain understanding. And so we have to be willing as people in the church to walk along our brothers and sisters who might be um who have have sinned for the long haul. And yeah, be right. yeah, be willing to to engage with them, and and you you also mentioned that sometimes people will pull away because they don't know what to say, right? And I also wonder if if that could be a temptation for those who have committed adultery. They, in their shame and guilt, mm-hmm. they pull away, or in their pride, um, that they decide, nope, this is the way that I'm going, and they fall deeper into it. Um, how can we equip the church for for dealing with with that that's one question, um, mm-hmm. which maybe I should pause and let you answer, but I guess another question would be this- invo- it it affects more than just the couple. There are mm-hmm. times when the married couple may have kids, this affects the kids, it also affects the church i I've experienced small group leaders who yeah, yeah and so so we this is this is a this is a adultery isn't something. Mm-hmm. That is, is is just you and another person. It really affects. It it's broad. It 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 goes it goes deep and wide. I know I said two different things there, but if you could address both, that would be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think to the to your point of pulling away, uh, which is a temptation if you're experiencing shame, you know, if or or if you're the person who's been sinned against. I I think of Proverbs eighteen one in the council where it says, uh, whoever says whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment. Hmm. Um, there is a, there's a tendency, there's a temptation to, uh, isolate yourself, to pull away, to try to, um, you know, I'm just going to figure this out on my own. Uh, almost, it, it can be almost a sense of punishing myself, you know, for this and and that is uh, the opposite of, of wisdom in those moments. Right. Um, to isolate ourselves is, is to really move into a selfish or self uh, an inward type of um, reality that breaks out against sound judgment and wisdom. And really, what we need in those moments is to go under the authority of Scripture uh, through wise biblical counsel and Come and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all our anxiety on Him, because He cares for us. Uh, to do that in the context of community, within within the church, and to receive the care and the help that that you need. And in the situation of the one spouse I mentioned, where the wife committed adultery, it, but she repented. This is exactly what she did. She she just laid herself bare, mm-hmm. um, and Said, I want to turn and I need help. And, and God gave grace in, in those, in those moments and in, in another situation, just walking with, uh, you know, the, the offended party and them coming and receiving care, getting the grace that they need was very helpful. I think when you begin to isolate yourself and you pull away from that, then destruction begins to come. Right. So th- that's the thing I would I would say on the first answer to, to your first question. The other one, you know, with affecting how it affects the kids, the church. You're exactly right, and quite honestly, you know, that's where you know I think of Matthew 18 and and how these become uh, can can become you know a, ch- a church discipline right. type of issue where. Um, you know, you go to your brother just between the two of you, and if and if he or she repents, then you've won him over. If not, you take others along, and if not, you know you tell it to the church. And because God is a holy God, and He is serious um, about us walking in in holiness. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. Um, and we in those moments are aware, yes, how is this affecting this couple? How do we serve them? And then also if there's an, un- if it's unrepentant, how might this affect the church? And so that's where you need wise pastoral leadership governed by the word of God uh, with, with a team in place or the council in place that you need to, to wisely navigate that, um, which is way beyond one podcast. right? Um, and, yes. And it goes to your point too, Trillia, that, that it's, uh this is you're in this for the long haul right um, when you receive a phone call like that or you get an email like that or you have the conversation like that, you know the thought is oh wow this this changes everything you know uh, for the next year um, we're going to be walking through what this looks like uh, It's not a one and done type of counseling situation
1: no, you're exactly right, and it may also if you're a friend, it may mean long conversations of listening. Mm-hmm listening and weeping as you have um, talked about doing and really trying to bear that burden and care for them. You know, adultery doesn't start in the bed. It doesn't start typically. It's it's something that's started with uh, maybe a text message or an email or, and it's it's something that um, I think there's some warning signs. There's There's signs ahead of time. So if there's someone listening who they like someone who is outside of their um, marriage covenant, and they enjoy their company. They etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but they're starting to sense my heart is pulling in a direction that it should not go. How can right. we? How can we encourage them to to stop to listen to what the the Lord is putting on their heart, which I believe is the Holy Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and yep. to to really, um, to stop. So what, what, would you say to that person who, who, who's listening and knows, okay, I'm involved in a relationship that needs to end?
0: Yep. Yep. Oh boy. Yes. I, I would say Galatians in in Galatians um, 6, God says, do not be deceived. Hmm. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that will he also reap. Um, it says that for the one who sows to his own flesh, uh, from the flesh will reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And I would counsel this individual, you need to fear the Lord. Mm. He, he will not be mocked. And there's a deception that comes where you think, oh, th- I can just have this little flirtatious conversation or this little uh, inappropriate text chain um, and and I can handle it. It's OK. I'm just just enjoying uh, the attention that I get. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to do this. Nobody wakes up in the morning. Right. I, I'm going to plan. Let me plan today to go commit adultery. Um. Uh, I, 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 maybe some do, but for sure. a God-fearing individual, you you can be deceived where by, by the deceitfulness of sin, where you just begin to think a little here, a little there, no big deal. Um. But it, it there's a path to it, and you're on the wrong path, and you need to stop right now and you need to go and and uh, go to, to some trusted friends and say uh, this is embarrassing to admit but i want you to know i'm attracted to an individual who's not my wife i like talking to this person i like interacting with this person and you need to know that because i am, i know that I, i'm capable of going in places that i shouldn't go and that that's what I would encourage is to come to confess that even even if it's just a temptation just yes. to come and and say, hey, this individual is a temptation for me. And so, if you see me lingering long talking to this person, um, that that's there's probably things going on in my heart um, that are not going to serve my marriage and not honor the Lord. Could you help me? Could you pray for me? That, that, that's how. I, that's what I would encourage. if you're the Lord. And just, uh, seeking accountability and coming and praying to the Lord. Ask God to give you a passion and a love for your spouse. Um, begin thanking God for how he brought the two of you together. Begin praying and, and, and and pointing out grace in this person's life. Uh, they're a believer and, and just, um, you know, look at what's inside the fences of God's grace for you as opposed to what Is out there um, because that—that's the—that's the the enemy's errand is to draw us to the forbidden uh, fruit.
1: No, that's really good. So, something that you said that was helpful to remember that we're weak, and so we don't want to pretend or believe that we're stronger than we are. And when we can, when we think. That we can fall. I think there's a protection there when we think, yep, yep, this is, this is actually something I could do. Most of us yep. in our pride don't want to say, yeah, I'm capable of adultery. But I think if we say it, if we believe it, then we can protect against it. Um, another thing that I, I want to just point out and pull out from that is accountability. The importance yep. of being able to have someone to say, you know what? I haven't fallen into adultery, but man, I want to. Or I'm tempted to to want to spend more time with this individual than my spouse. So I, mm-hmm. I think that is so important and essential to guarding against this. And if we all could believe that we could fall, I think we'd protect against it more. So I really yeah. I, I wanna I just wanted to point those two things out. Um, there's so much more that could be said, and I, I hope that people, this will be a good starting place for someone. Maybe they, maybe they have been convicted, oh, by the grace of God, would you step out in faith to talk to someone? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I want to draw people to the attention of the ERLC. We have um, loads of resources at ERLC.com. If you want to uh, search that out, he Craig mentioned church discipline and other things. You can look at our site to see what um, and how we might address some of these things and to add to your resources. Craig, thank you. Thank you for yeah. spending time with us, for your pastoral heart, for your care for others, and for your gospel-centered um, discussion and, and application to on this topic. It, I think people who are listening will receive grace which is um, essentially needed on such a tough and hard topic so thank you Craig
0: Privileged to be with you thanks for asking
1: yeah definitely well you have been listening to the ERLC podcast we are doing a series called How to Handle I'm Trillia Newbell I'll be hosting this series stay tuned for the next few weeks as we continue thank you